We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Jared. How about you, buddy? Not doing too bad. I'm excited to talk baseball. We have a lot of news. I think I'm going to actually kind of officially just call this Minor League Week, because <laughs> I think we're going to talk a lot about minor league stuff in general. You know, in a sense, I, I think this whole podcast might be about minor leagues, which is a lot of fun. Like, I, I, I enjoy talking about the minor leagues. It's, it's, it's a blast. And, you know, we just, we have a lot of news, which is great, I think. Right? Yes. Is it good or yes, bad? Yes, it definitely is good. So, I'm excited just to be able to, like, talk about all this. So, Nate, let's start this question off, or let's start this podcast off with a question I like to do that, so everybody knows. Kind of a weird question here. I was watching the Jags play the Dolphins on Sunday. They were playing in London, and the Jags are huge in London for some strange reason. Like, the fans just love them. I I have no idea why. It's kind of weird. Like, I think they probably have more fans in London than they do in Jacksonville, which, okay, might not be fair, but it it was quite fun to watch them, like, get really hyped up for the Jags, and, like, everybody just loves the Jags in London, so... On with that, do we ever see a professional team that play that is part of the MLB, NHL, NFL, something like that, play in London or, you know, just not in North America per se? Like, and that's excluding like you could probably put a team in Mexico or or Puerto Rico or Dominican or something like that. Like, do we ever see a team outside of the United States and Canada? I, I would say no. Um, I, I was watching that game as well. Um, they, they mentioned Jacksonville has the most games in London. Um, I believe their their owner is a huge fan of London. I think he's part owner of a, if I remember correctly, I think he's part owner of one of the uh, the soccer teams out there, so that could be why. Well, out there uh, it would I, actually be called football, so he's actually owner of a football team back in London and a football team in the United States. 
Yes, that's what I said, soccer team. Um, <laughs> I, so I think that's probably why they have so many fans over there. Not only do they play um, the most games, but I think their owner has some ties to one of the soccer teams out there. Um, the reason why I don't think you'll see a team in London is the travel is a nightmare. I mean, you talk to guys who have played professional football and have had to play the London game, they say it's absolutely miserable. It's a, like, 14-hour plane ride. You go, you you fly in, like, Thursday for a Sunday game. You play, uh, you, you, like, land on Friday. You practice Friday because the coaches want to make sure you stay up and get used to the time zone. You practice Saturday, walk through, and then play Sunday. And it's just, uh, that's a lot. Um for a team, and, and how do you do that? Do you, do you send a team from London to, um, like, America for, like, what, six, seven straight weeks and say, pack your bags, you're going to be here for a while, and then send them home and make just seven random teams go there for seven straight weeks or something like that? I don't know. That, that would be so hard on the travel. I think that's the biggest thing. And I mean, it's already hard enough for teams in Seattle to travel east, you know, Typically, the Mariners have the most travel in Major League Baseball. So, is that really fair to, to give them more travel to London and just make things harder on them? So, I would say no. I just think it would be like an interesting idea. Like, I, I, I like when teams go, I like when baseball starts in Japan. I think that's a lot of fun just because it's a different atmosphere there. And I mean, I think we bring this up a lot. Like, if you've ever been to a World Baseball Classic, you went to the finals, I think, right? At Dodger Stadium. I didn't go to the finals, but I did go to one of the games when they played in Angel Stadium. It's a different atmosphere. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. It's great. And they played uh, South Korea, too, and which is a different animal. Yeah, and it's just a different atmosphere, and I, I really like it. Like, if you want to bring in new fans, we've been talking about different ways to do this recently and how baseball is kind of broken. It's a good start, I think, is to kind of get diverse with things. And I think that, you know, we've seen them play in Mexico. That's been fan- That was great, watching the Angels and Astros. I think Miami's played down in Puerto Rico or Cuba, something along the lines of that. I think that's probably the next place that Major League Baseball might go is to Cuba, which would be interesting. We've seen, we saw the Red Sox and Yankees play back in London, which actually kind of surprised that they had that big of a game go back to London, or that big of a series go back to London. But, yeah, you know, it's just... It's different. I like different when it comes to that type of thing. Like watching the like the Angels play in the Little League World Series Classic is is a lot of fun. And and the what's the other one that they did? The Field of Dreams Field one of Dreams. was the best one they've ever done. Oh yeah, that, that's fantastic. Like I don't know if there's ever a way to continue to you know bring up more ideas like this. But yeah, the the more expansion that you can do into those smaller cities or different countries is huge and like it's a good first step to making baseball not broken again which i know we talked about on our last podcast and that was a great podcast i think that you know if you didn't listen to that one go back and listen to that real quick because i had a blast talking about all of that and you know it was just it was just a good you know talk so back to the london thing i agree with you i don't think we see major league baseball do it just because of travel i don't think we see nhl do it i think that the farthest they'll ever go is I mean, Puerto Rico, maybe you might think about going maybe down to Mexico. Canada would be cool to see another team up in Montreal. I know we've talked about that off the record. Hopefully we see Montreal 
hopefully, I mean, Vancouver, Calgary, I think would be a great spot for, for baseball. But yeah, anytime you can find a way to get new fans in and diversify the game is, is a big thing. And I just think that it's, you, you just never know where the Mike Trout, next Mike Trout, next Mookie Betts, next Garrett Cole is, is going to be. So, you know, why not continue to, to push it out a little bit farther? So yeah, that's, you know, good, good starter for this whole conversation, you know, and I, I'm excited to see where this offseason goes. So, guys, as always, we have a fantastic podcast planned for you guys today. We might actually make this into a two-parter. I don't know yet, so just kind of hang in there with us. You'll have to wait and see where this goes. I'm, I'm just excited to talk about everything that Major League Baseball has done over the past, I don't know, 48 hours or so with minor leagues. And like I said, this is going to be minor league week. I'm pushing, I'm hoping to get... Um, somebody on later in the week to talk a little bit more about this. I don't know who it might be. We'll maybe have some ideas about that later, but yeah. So hang on to that, guys. It's going to be a fun week of talking a lot of minor league baseball, I think. So guys, give us one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk some more baseball. Nate, big news today dropped. Jeff Passan dropping a Passan bomb on all of us. I think that it was something that was going to happen, and there are a lot of implications to it, which I am excited to talk about, but minor leaguers will now be given a place to live, which is huge. We know that you know Sam Blum of the Athletic, no, LA Times, Athletic or LA Times, Athletic, has been you know really getting into this with the Angels minor leagues system. We heard it you know early on with Kyron Lovegrove, I think is how you say his name, Kyrian Lovegrove. Um, Angels minor leaguer, I know that Michael Cruz, another Angels minor leaguer, said a lot of stuff, and yeah, today it came out that, well, yesterday it came out that minor leaguers will now be getting a spot to live during the season, so like I said, I'm excited to talk about this, Nate, give, let's give our, our initial thoughts to this and just kind of see where it goes. Yeah, so first thing for me it's it's just like giving the MLB some more accountability. I think that um, this has been going along, going on for a lot of teams for a while now. I know Baltimore and Minnesota and some of these other teams have been doing this, where it's, hey, you can either pay 
to live somewhere on your own, or you can live here, but there are going to be some rules where you live and like, you know, what time you can be back and things like that. Almost like, um, they, they have like a curfew or things like that. So it was up to the guys if they wanted to, uh, they could pay to live on their own. So I just think that it gives everyone that same kind of accountability where now the fans don't have to wonder like, oh, what team is actually paying for these minor leaguers to live here? What teams are, you know, trying to save some money and not not spend money on, on this? So I just think that it's good. It, it's definitely good, but um, it's not new to all of Major League Baseball. No, absolutely. It's just now being, you know, enforced. <laughs> Major League teams have to do this now, and we've talked about it on this podcast quite a few times, like, just go ahead and make a hotel on the grounds, basically, of every, you know, or a, or a, an apartment complex or something like that. I know it would, you know, cost a little bit of money to do it, but, and maintain it, but you're also creating jobs for some people that can go in there and help those guys out and, and such like that, but, but yeah, you know, I actually had a very interesting conversation with Taylor Blake Ward about the the Dominican Summer League and how, how all that worked. And it was an absolutely fascinating, you know, fascinating everything that, that they do down there. So basically, like, they send these kids to school to learn English, to learn, you know, these type of things down in Dominican. And they're basically in school, but playing baseball at the same time. And all the organizations do it. It's, it's a really interesting you know, idea, not even idea, but what they do, what they, how they implement it in the Dominican. And in, in I'll, I'll send, I'll have to find the article because I think somebody from the athletic put it out there and it was just a fantastic read about how, how they do it. But yeah, back on to, to, to how they're going to do it now is I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see kind of what they do with it because do they, do they start pushing, you know, like, okay, now we have this curfew because there's always a curfew out there, hundred percent. There's always going to be a curfew and, you know, fines that go along with it and, and such like that. But I'm intrigued to see, you know, are they just going to pay the guys extra to go get a place on their own? Because I think in the article it said that it would cost just under a million dollars was what the research said to, to house all their minor leaguers, which again is jump change in a sense for a lot of owners who on average make multiple 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 millions and billions of dollars so yeah the fact that they're doing this now is is huge and I said i'm super excited so i want to jump into like the cba side of things for this because i think this is a big step for the cba too i think that this was one of the one of the big things that they wanted to accomplish with it and i think that this was kind of a check mark for the CBA moving forward. I know that we've talked a lot about this could be an ugly off season <laughs> because the CBA, a fun off season, but an ugly one and hoping that there is going to be baseball. So next, you know, spring into next season. So like I said, I think this is a big step in the right direction. I don't know if you agree with me. I don't know if this might, you think this actually has anything to do with the CBA, but I think it kind of does. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a small, small part. Um, there's still going to be a lot of hurdles to jump through, and I, I don't know if this is necessarily like a point that 
you know, the commissioner can be like, see, we're, we're trying to make things better. Now help us out with this or whatever. I don't think this is that big of a point for them. Um, I think that this should just be expected. Um, especially since it's something, like I said, a lot of teams are already doing this. So, it, it, yes, it is a big deal for probably the, the 25% of Major League Baseball teams that aren't doing this. But, like, for the teams that are already doing this, like, it's really hard because I, I have a friend who's with the Orioles, and, and he told me this, that, uh, yes, they, they paid for his, his place if he wanted it to. And so, like, is this going to be a big thing for Baltimore Oriole guys where it's like, oh, great, now we get, oh, wait, we already got this paid for, so it's not really any different. You know, so, like, it's a small thing, but it's not anything where it's like um, the players are going to lose their minds over. No, no, 100%. I, I don't think they, they shouldn't either. They should be happy. But, again, this is, like we said, invest in the future, and, and players are going to be happy. I think that all the organizations are going to benefit from this. As well as, you know, I think the Angels are really going to benefit from this, you know, just happier players. And I think we'll kind of see it, you know, moving forward. But but I, I don't, it's going to be an ugly offseason still, right? Yeah, there's still going to be uh, some things that are going to be aired out in public. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah, so as always, I, I told you that I said this off the record with you. With good news comes interesting news per se. I don't know if it's bad news, but it's it's interesting news and there is a different type of deal. I don't know if that's... They're trying to do MLB TV a different way and I know that you kind of read up about it, so I'll kind of let you explain it a little bit better. Yeah, so that's probably the best way to talk about it is basically it is MLB TV. They want to give the younger generation because according to the metrics and everything the MLB has done, they said the younger generation doesn't have cable TV anymore. So they they want to come up with their own streaming services and make it cheaper than what cable would offer. So like MLB TV on direct TV, you're looking at uh, 100, 150 bucks a year or so. And they're talking about doing this uh, streaming service for like five to ten bucks a month, which, if you go eight months, you're looking at eighty bucks, saving twenty bucks or so, um, because you won't have to go in November, December, January, things like that. So, um, interesting. I, I don't know how much this will affect anyone. The biggest, the biggest question I have is the cable companies, some of these cable companies pay a lot of money for, um, to, to have the right to to show their team on whatever station they own. So like the Angels with Fox Sports, Fox Sports um, gave a lot of money to the Angels right after Albert Pujols signed, and that contract's almost up, I believe. I think they have one more year before it's up, but with that does this affect how much money teams are going to get from uh, cable companies? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question to, to bring up for sure because the Angels did make a lot of money on it. I think, I want to say it was in the billions, if I'm not mistaken. Two billion dollars? That, that sounds about right to me. So, I'm, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I don't know, I don't know what this means, really. Like, it's, I'm, I'm, I think it's a... 
I think it's a step in the wrong direction, to be honest. I mean, we we talked about you know steps in the right direction with the CBA just a couple minutes ago with the minor league stuff, and and now you know the MLB is going to try to pull this off, or probably all the MLB, NHL, all the pro sports. I don't know how to. I was trying to figure out a way to say it without sounding too weird, but I made it sound weird. So I I, I just don't know. I don't know if this is the right thing. You know, I don't think that. You have MLB TV. I think that if MLB TV isn't working for you, why is this going to work for you, right? Like, it just doesn't make too much sense for me, for me, in my opinion. I know a lot of people don't have cable anymore, but, you know, that's only because of the cable. I think you need cable to have MLB TV. I think all you need is an address. Like, so I don't understand why this is such a big deal. And I did look it up. It was a $3 billion deal the Angels had. With Fox Sports, it's a 20-year deal, so they are uh, 10 years in. They have 10 years left on that deal. So they're making a bunch of money off of that. And, yeah, it's it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless – I don't know. I, I just don't understand. The, the biggest thing to me, it, it would make sense if I buy this streaming service and I can go watch, you know – Dodger games, Padre games, Giant games, whatever, and not get it blacked out. Or I go by this service and I live in Arizona and I can watch Diamondback games or whatever. Like, there's just – that's the biggest problem with the MLB and their streaming service is Blackout. being able to watch it. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't solve the problem. It's not even close to the problem. Um, so until they start to actually look at what the problem is and how they can, um, how they can really solve it, it, it just, honestly, it's, it's a waste of time. And I, I think that they could do a much better job by saying, Hey, look, we're not going to black any games out unless the attendance is under, you know, 50% or something like that, where, uh, and the only people who get penalized for that are, you know, like if the angels had, 8,000 at a home game, then people in Orange County couldn't watch the Angel games. And that would just also help, you know, make want, make people want to go to Angel games because it will make sure that people can watch the game. So I don't know. It, it's definitely a, a big problem. The NFL does it really well, and I'm going to continue to say the NFL does it really well. And that's the model that needs to be had in the MLB. Seems to be a theme of this offseason, Nate. Saying that the NFL is better than uh, the MLB, huh? Um, it's funny. They, they said the NBA always tries things first. The NFL does it better than the NBA second. And then the MLB does it long after everyone else. But they seem to figure out the best way to do it. So hopefully that's the case. And hopefully that uh, the MLB is only you know, 15 years behind the NFL instead of, you know, 20 or whatever it could be. Off-topic question here for you. Would you rather have um, Rob Manfred or Roger Goodell? Goodell, at least, you know what side he's on, so I'd rather have Roger Goodell. You know, he he has his side and he stays to it. Uh, Manfred... I honestly don't know what side he's on or, or where he's at. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm really player-friendly, and sometimes I'm really owner-happy. Um, and it's just like, pick a side. Figure it out. Like, 
you can't make both people happy all the time. So just help somebody out so somebody backs you. But right now, nobody backs him. No, he's not. He's not doing a good job. He's not doing it for me. I think that this isn't the end of us complaining about Manfred. So on to our next topic here, and that is some angel signings in the front office. And we'll, we'll start with the signings signing should we say i know we only have really one that we want to talk about and that's chris carpenter you've done a little research on it so kind of explain to us what former cardinals pitcher chris carpenter is going to do for the angels actually i think he also played for the blue jays if i'm not mistaken as well yes he was drafted by the blue jays mm-hmm. yeah, so what is what, what's he going to do i know you've done a little research on it it looks like he's going to be in charge of working with the the younger pitchers in the organization helping them work on their mental side of baseball, and also just preparing them for the major leagues. Nate, I, I can kind of hear it in your voice a little bit. Are you happy about this? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, don't we have a guy who's supposed to do this already? Like, do we have a minor league pitching coordinator who's, hey, isn't your job to help the pitchers get to the major leagues and be successful for as long as they can? And, you know, I think the mental side of the game is – a big deal, so uh, I, I just don't understand. It, it honestly feels like we're putting too many people uh, with similar jobs, and then it's going to become a thing where, you know, so-and-so told me to do this, but, you know, Chris told me to do that, and who do I listen to? The guy who's actually in charge of me, or the guy who's the special assistant with more knowledge of what this it has looked like as he's, you know, been successful in the postseason, and you know, one Cy Young's, things like that. So, I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, you know, you do whatever you want. Nate, you know as well as I do that coaching comes in different ways. And I think learning comes in different ways, too. Like, I can explain something to a pitcher, and he he could totally get it for me. Like, it could just click. And I think that um, somebody could tell it another way, and they could have no idea what in God's green they're talking about. And I know we've had this issue before as coaches because it's, it's you know, you're just trying to figure out how to do things, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't – I'm okay with having a lot of different guys that have had success in the major leagues come in and, you know, do their thing. Chris Carpenter is a World Series champion, if I'm not mistaken, right? He had to have won it with the Cardinals, right? Yeah, he did with uh, Albert Pujols there as well. But it's just – I don't know. It's it's a lot of guys doing the same job, and we always complain about money. That's why we don't pay some of these minor leaguers as well as we could have. That's why you know maybe we don't spend as much money on free agents as we possibly could. Whatever you want to say, and it's like, okay, what are we doing? Why are we hiring people we don't need? Or or just give Chris Carpenter the job for like just give it to him. Just say, hey, you're the you're the pitching coordinator for the minor leagues. Because that's literally the job title for a pitching coordinator in the minor league. So, um, but it is what it is. You know, if if they think that multiple voices are going to help, I've seen multiple voices. Like absolutely, it helps my um, my junior and or excuse me, my senior year of college. We had two pitching coaches. It was not fun because we knew one guy was smarter and the other guy was actually in charge. So if the guy in charge told you to do something, like, oh, hey, your, your curveball's a little, curveball's not as tight as we want it to be, you know, we think you should uh, tighten that grip up, make it a little tighter, get some more spin on there. And then 
you know, the other guy is watching my bullpen and he goes, <laughs> you know, honestly, I think with your fastball and your curveball, it's too similar, not enough break. I would slow it down and really let that thing, you know, tumble. You don't have to throw it so hard. It's like, well, who am I listening to here? The guy who seems to be the smarter one or the guy who's in charge of me. Yeah, no, that's, that's tough. And that's, I had that issue in college, 100%. Well, as a coach in college, that we had four different pitching coaches, and I was one of them. And I, although, however, I knew my role, I knew what I was, I was there to do, you know, and that was to, first of all, keep everybody happy, and second, to kind of watch the younger guys and make sure that, you know, they know what they're doing, what their job is, what their role is. And that's when, it, you know, when you figure out your role, that's that's a big thing too. But yes, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like there there can definitely be too many voices. Like, and I couldn't tell you how many times that we had arguments, and I, I was never involved in the arguments because I I didn't have say. You know, I wasn't one of those guys that you know. I also didn't want to get into arguments about stuff either. Like they'd come and ask me, and I would ask them questions because I wanted to learn. You know, like hey, like what do you think about this, 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 and and then I mean, like yeah, I would, I would even in a sense start arguments between guys because I would be like. Hey, so I think that, you know, like this guy thinks that this is this and, you know, if that makes sense to you, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. There can definitely be too many voices, but I definitely, this is going to sound weird. I think there can be too many voices, but I don't think there can ever be enough voices because stuff can be taught in so many different directions, different ways. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I guess we can kind of move on to our last topic, and I think we're just going to make this into a two-parter, and we'll go through fan questions on Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, depending on when we're going to put it out. But yeah, we'll we'll go through fan questions that day, and last thing we want to kind of talk about, and that's that's Jose Molina. The Angels have let go of Jose Molina. I know a lot of people are wondering if you know he was going to, if he walked away, if he if it was him or if it was the Angels. The Angels let him go which is a very unfortunate situation, and I'm intrigued to see who they bring back for Jose Molina because Jose Molina was one of the most underrated catchers in baseball when he played. You know, he didn't hit for a lot. You know, he's not Yachty, he's not Benji, but he's a damn good catcher, and the last name really does prove it. And he's a very big voice when it comes to catching and how, you know, guys do things and and even Max Stassi can can probably back this up as as well and and he's just Mac Jose Molina was the man if that makes sense like he he is a very such an influential voice in the catching community and and I think that a lot of people are upset with this dismissal so I don't know if you have anything to say about Jose Molina before we let everybody go but let you have the floor it's just definitely uh interesting you know he, he definitely does a really good job uh, with working the catchers. I, I know that uh, when he played, he did a good job of talking to pitchers and, and just really uh, calling a good game, which I think our catchers really need to learn how to do because um, we have not been good at that lately. So um, it, it definitely was just weird, uh, especially knowing that Joe Madden coached uh, Molina. And it feels like, Joe's staff is really all about who is who's going to be faithful to him and who's going to tell him what he needs to hear. Um, he he's going to hire guys that he's 
very much accustomed to hearing from. So to have Jose Molina there, who he's coached, who he knows really well, I'm sure he tried to get him to go with him in uh, Tampa Bay, but he wasn't quite ready at that time. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be a big blow to, to Joe Madden because he's going to have to get used to a whole new guy dealing with him, talking with him. Um, and I don't think that's something that Joe really wants to do or should be doing at this point in his career. It should be, a, for the most part, Joe's staff is Joe's staff, and hopefully maybe there's one or two moving pieces, but we shouldn't be moving a bunch of pieces, and it looks like there's going to be a bunch of moving pieces this year. Yeah, and does this? do you think this worries you with everything – with Perry and Artie and Joe, I think there's a lot of clashing voices, if that makes sense. I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you can kind of hear it in my voice. Jose Molina was very influential. I think that a lot of people know that. There's been a lot of people that have said their piece about it off the record that, you know, don't need to be brought up or anything like that. But there is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a disappointing move, I think, for Perry and staff. If that was their choice or if it was Joe's choice, I, I don't, I really don't know. You know, but it's, um, yeah, it's just disappointing, you know, and, and I think it's going to, you know, in a sense, I hope it doesn't bring the Mike Sosha, Jerry DePoto thing 2.0 full circle again here. Like, I hope we don't see Perry, you know, do that, you know, what, what Jerry did and, and, and everything. So I, I don't know. It's going to be, I think this isn't the last time we hear about a Angels staffer leaving because of a, an environment that's not very good. And I don't know if that's what it was for Jose either, but I'm just foreshadowing here in the future. So Nate, any final thoughts before we let everybody get going? No, we're all good. Uh, good to be back. Uh, looking forward to a good week. Absolutely. Minor league week. I'm just officially naming it that right now. I don't know why, but we've talked a lot about minor leagues and I'm, I think that we can, we're going to talk more about minor leagues on our next podcast. This is just part one. Part two will come out. I think we're going to put it out Wednesday. We have a lot of questions to go over, fan questions. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you could, go subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Spotify, Apple, wherever it may be. Leave us a review if you think we deserve it. Um, follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. Follow us on all of our social medias. Just look up Talking Halos. You can find us wherever social media is happening. And, guys, have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.